0: Mailchimp presents. This is Listening, a podcast where we ask musicians to keep a sonic diary, transforming the sounds around them into a musical portrait of a particular moment and place. In each episode, we'll try on the ears of a different musician to find out how they listen.
1: Sounds for their therapeutic and poetic nature, a sharing of a vibrational embrace.
0: And what their world sounds like. I'm Elia Einhorn. I'm a musician, radio host, and DJ and as curator for listening, I have the great privilege of bringing you insights from some of the most exciting minds in music, like Nico Case, Emdu Maktar, Jalen,
1: and today's guest, Laraji. My life has worked like a spiral. You know, there's this, a time when there's music is head and laughter's in the background, then there's a time when laughter's in the background and music's up front, or a time when science is in the foreground and spiritual practice is on the side. And art is on the side. And then there's a time when science is up front and spiritual practice. So there's a spiral. That's New Age icon and New York City-based composer
0: and multi-instrumentalist, Laraji. In this episode, we'll hear his thoughts on listening, which are spiraling, cosmic, and like a sound bath in words. Then we'll get a chance to soak in his soundscape, meeting up again afterwards to find out how the composition came together. Laraji, thank you for speaking with me. Pleasure to be here with you. I'd love to look back on your path to becoming an expert listener. Can you recall a time in your early life that's proved foundational to your listening practice?
1: Hmm. The early years of my Earth visit, the responding to church music and my mother singing around the house. Then there was the time of the 6th or 7th year birth date that uh, the family shifted the kids to the rural backwoods of Virginia. And maybe then is when, because it was such a shift of environments that I would listen, I would hear things i never heard before. The sound of, of wagons, mule-drawn wagons over an unpaved road, or the sound of chickens, that was new with their head getting chopped off on Saturday in preparation for Sunday dinner. And I remember the sound of the nervous system of the birds flapping around the field without a head. <laughs> and then uh, I remember the sound of going out in the pastures in the evening to bring the cows in. And you'd listen for the bell. And the bell would be very faint off in the distance. And sometimes we would go through thick briar bush to get to the cows. And my grandmother would stop me all of a sudden. And point to the ground and and make me aware that we were stepping over some parts of a snake we don't know where the head was or the tail was it was just like in a rush but uh, the country listening experience since it was rural backwoods, when uh, a car or an automobile would be coming down the road from a distance we could almost identify if it was familiar or unfamiliar but uh, listening in the rural backwoods, of country it was quite a uh, opening of the hearing experience. I remember my grandfather laughing out loud on the countryside, and his voice would just ring across the fields. How do you think growing up in that kind of environment affected you? And I reminded myself to start leaving space, and also uh, to include nature sounds. Start appreciating nature sounds, especially water sounds, creek sounds. Mm. Or when I hear the sounds of wind blowing over a pretty mature garden, like uh, the the wind going against fully grown corn stalks or against tobacco leaves.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: That sensual sound of wind against foliage, against leaves.
0: What is your
1: favorite sound? If you had to pick one favorite sound, what would that be? If I had to pick one favorite sound, it might be a sound you probably wouldn't imagine. It's the sound of the inner tone, the sound of the uh, infinite field, the sound of eternity. You call it natum or the cosmic sound current. Mm. It's like a brain massage. When I finally identified the sound as different from the sound of the blood and sound of the nervous system, I found that listening to that sound at, at length gave me a a refuge, a refuge for the brain. Um, If you Google the word N-A-D-A-M, NADAM is a Sanskrit word, but in the West it might be called the music of the spheres or the cosmic sound current. That's my favorite because it's portable, lightweight, and affordable. (laughs) And it's a sound I believe that by listening to it, I am actually investing in my eternal existence because this sound has no ending or beginning.
0: How do you experience it? How do you listen if you're not listening with your ears?
1: Yes. Uh, Once again, a teacher made it clear that we aren't listening with our ears because individuals who are diagnosed as clinically deaf still can have this inner tone baptism. Mm. It moves through the cerebral cortex, as it was told to me. That we feel it more as a pulsation, a feel pulsation, so that the term sound may may be too loose and misguiding. Because mm. when you try to listen inwardly, it's not that kind of listening. You're listening to an inaudible sound. So it's a vibratory presence that I, as a musician, immediately accept it as a musical experience, a symphonic experience. Mm. Yes.
0: Well, it seems that we all have times when we find listening to be quite easy and then other times when it just feels impossible. So in your experience,
1: when do you find listening easiest and when is it the hardest? Oh, Elia, the easiest time is when I'm relaxed, feeling groovy Mm. and the sound's Support me, validate me, and provide me with a comfortable, inviting environment. The harmonious sounds, uh, nature. Mm. I'm walking in nature. It's easy to listen, and I'm not on guard for a blaring siren or the rumble of the subway. So I'm unguarded. I've taken all the guards off, and I'm totally open and available. In those times, I can hear the wind blowing through the leaves, or I can hear the distant creek.
0: So much of what you're talking about is turning your attention towards the cultivation of listening. Is there something that you wish you'd been told about listening at the start of your career or maybe before you started as a musician?
1: Uh, Yes. I think people were trying to tell me, but they were so polite that it took me a long time to get it. That is to, (laughs) to breathe more and to let my music allow listeners to breathe, Mm. let breathing guide and navigate my music, learn how to initiate phrases on the breath, how to leave spaces, how to let my music suggest that the musician is in fact breathing. (laughs) (laughs) You've been living your life
0: here on earth for almost eight decades. How did you come to be the listener that you are today?
1: Oh, I've always enjoyed music because when I was young, I observed how music was a license to travel inwardly. It's like a Merkaba, a vehicle that I could escape whatever I thought my real-time reality was, which was usually being supervised by adults. Mm. But I found that music was my vehicle to go interesting places fast. In my room, listening, I didn't have headphones at that time, but listening to the record player or listening to the radio, and jazz, R&B, rock and roll, and pop were instantaneous vehicles. And I don't think I'm alone. I think the world uses music that way, to travel.
0: With all of that in mind, let's take a listen to Laraji's composition. Then we'll meet on the other side to discuss it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) LaRaji, thank you so much for that magnificent piece.
1: You're very welcome. What does it mean to end the piece as you did with laughter? Laughter to me is uh, a releasing of tension, stress, a harmonization of deep subconscious stress patterns. Mm. So laughter is a way of neutralizing and uh, smoothing out energies, leaving people in a state that is wakened. They're exhilarated, leaving people with a sense of joy in the body.
0: Mm. Most people know you as a musician. But you also have decades of experience as a spiritual practitioner. And as part of that work, you lead laughter meditation workshops.
1: Yes. Well, in my workshops, play shops, I call them. I love that. Call and response interspersed with traditional chants and laughter chants, spontaneous laughter chants and the laughter practice for me over the years has expanded my ability to hear and appreciate laughter in public places so i become more of a connoisseur in listening to laughter what do you hear i hear warm tribal laughter confirming a sense of uh, openness vulnerability which indicates you're in your tribe yes <laughs> now i notice myself really noticing laughter in public places on the subway On the street and really savor it tell me how did you come up with the idea of the journey of this composition well the sounds that are in my environment are the sounds of my instruments the sounds of the starling birds outside the window that wake up and chirp about five o'clock every morning the sounds of uh the sirens there are three sets of sirens that impact my living space the firehouse which is on the same block around the corner and then there's the hospital, Harlem Hospital. And there's the men in blue, the police uh, community. So they all share the siren sound space here. Then the subway rumble, which is uh, a constant here.
0: It struck me that as you bring us into this mindful space, we begin to
1: hear chimes and,
0: is that a zither?
1: It's a converted auto harp converting it back to its natural state of the sithra. Usually uh, focus on harmonic sound field that I find particularly soothing or gentle, uh, compassionate, comforting, nurturing, embracing. And the chimes are uh, from around the world, small chimes, Shanti chimes, baby chimes, Woodstock chimes, to help capture the high treble end of the sound hearing spectrum.
0: your most recent releases were sun piano and moon piano and they both focus on the solo piano which isn't something that you've explored this deeply before what is it about that timbre
1: that resonates with you my uh, journey with piano involves my body and my motion being impacted by this acoustic sound. The acoustic piano is a natural therapy, especially the grand piano. It has a longer bass area, longer bass strings that I found offers me a therapeutic experience when I'm playing and that the the bass register which I love is like playing myself when I'm playing a piano. And there we have the Tibetan bowl, uh, a series of bowls here that instantly shift time and sense of environmental space for me. They drop me into an altered sense of time flow and spatial presence. So they prepare my awareness for meditative alignment by Guiding me away from the outer world reality. This water sound has been remixed. I've dropped it down, I think, an octave, so that the water became more liquidy and the high pitch crickets became more of a low pitch cricket or birds i felt poetically it gave me more liquacity or more wetness to the sound <laughs> yes i had never even thought to consider retuning water laraji mhm i discovered dropping things down an octave transforms the piece into a more contemplative restful listening experience mm. There's your African thumb piano, the alto kalimba. The kalimba for me is a sweet sound that I learned that is used in African cultures to acknowledge ancestral energies. It made sense to me when I heard that. My familiarity with the kalimba a sound that is gentle and sweet, the kind of sound you could easily wish upon ancestors who might still be listening in. to offer the ancestors about the highest and the most divine resonance of our heart space. If you go to Africa, you'll find that many kalimbas have Coca-Cola bottle caps kind of uh, nailed loosely to the instrument so that it rattles. And so the question was, why? are you attaching rattles to this kalimba? And the response was that without the rattles, the sound was so sweet that it made the gods jealous. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> wow. And there we have mopeds, those electric bikes, and you have the young Harlem men who race these things up and down the boulevard and they take pride in pulling the bike up off of two wheels onto the back wheel while the pedestrians stand around and gasp. Thing about this location that there are two bus lines here and two train lines i remember moving here with some trepidation to this area of harlem this far north but the more i'm here the more i'm counting the blessings the blessings that keep revealing themselves
0: do you find that those traffic sounds are calming for you or perhaps distracting
1: they're calming in a sense that it represents the movement of energy, uh, life, animation, but they're not distracting to me. It's probably uh, giving me what I might have wanted as a child. That is, I wanted to eventually live in New York and be immersed in the New York life stream, mm. and so this allows me to say, "Yeah, I've arrived." <laughs> yes. You are part of the sound of New York. Mm -hmm.
0: Laraji, thank you so much for sharing your time, for sharing your art, and for sharing your wisdom with us.
1: Ah, it's a deep pleasure. Thank you, Elia. Be well, breathe well. Beautiful sounds to you all.
0: I'm Elia Einhorn, and this is Listening. If you want to revisit the immersive sound baptism of the composition, make sure to check out the companion piece to this episode, Laraji Untitled, Full Composition. On the next episode, Jalen.
1: Anytime I sit down to create, I don't know what is gonna happen. People ask me all the time, like, so, can you project how this is gonna sound? I'm like, no, and I love that I can. not The fact that I don't have that control is beautiful.
0: Listening was made in partnership with TalkHouse, 3DB, and MailChimp Studios. Thanks for tuning in.